0: Morning, evening, or lunch, ladies and gentlemen. Today you'll be joining us as we discuss games and topics surrounding them. For safety purposes, we'll be using our preferred names, and so I'm Ash, and I'll be accompanied today by Bex, Turtle, Joe, and Robin. And I hope you enjoy.
1: Which game? Hey, did you what do we start? Today, today,
0: today, what was raised actually about 20 minutes ago by Bex is the uh, stupid fact that <laughs> for honor. Game okay, with okay, that. nice. that's
2: too niche. <laughs> I feel like it's too niche. Like, d- You're who, not what, doing do you that news at nah, 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 dude, fuck dude, dude, <laughs> dude. Fucking you be you, you fucking game broken, Breaking fucking news. No, I, it's like it's a minor bug in a small it game. literally
3: game. sounds like Ash's re- Do you know what it sounds like? It sounds like Ash like Tars- Update on, get on that here, fucking right? post.
2: Update on that fucking post. Someone just said same. Like, that's all they said. They didn't actually fucking- <laughs> No, no one
1: responded with like- Great. So, what games are we talking about first? Because I feel like Valorant is a good choice.
3: Valorant I could talk Valorant more on though, God, so like... Dude. My personal opinion, I'd rather do ones I could talk about first, and then ones I could talk
2: about, but that's literally just me, so... I feel like Valorant's actually going, like, their esports scene is actually really, what's it called, um, I mean, developing really well. It like, is re- it, going it, really well. That was yeah. Good. Like, yeah. it, I feel like, because I was watching The Masters the other day, and it's just, like, they've updated the UI, everything's clean, like, all of the all of the screen that is used to tell the, you know, the viewer what's going on is, you know, used efficiently. It is very like, The kind. camera works really good. Apart from the fact that the maps aren't, like, you can see all the <laughs> background of the maps. Unlike <laughs> something like, with the called um, uh, League of Legends, where I feel like it's kind of... You, you zoom around the map as kind of like a free camera and it's kind of, you know, looks very nice and even though if you look at it from the wrong side it's like you're going into like the, the like glitch dimension but, you know, it's like, yeah, <laughs> like but apart from that, like it looks very nice. The thing with... I think it also incentivizes... Yeah, there you go. We see the problem's already still... <laughs> <It's just concrete. laughs>
1: Okay, so the thing with, um for example, Valorant or any other FPS shooter is that you have... You look from the character's perspective instead of of league where you like look from above no matter what you always look from above so you can just go on that character f- and then you will see what they see but you can like just change that around where in first person shooter you sh- like they see as the character so it's a bit harder to like get into the right uh, camera angles to get some of the shots uh, instead of league being able to one of the easiest esports to actually stream because it's just you see from yeah, just camera of... over the top it's already yeah.
2: built in right it's kind of i do feel like there's actually a skill to actually tracking the fight properly and actually making sure that everything's seen properly but apart from that you are right with the whole like it's easier
3: i think that's harder to do in league because league like you have all the separate lanes so there could be like two fights happening like um during worlds has been quite a few scenarios when they've been the main camera's been looking at perhaps the fight top lane, but a fight has also come out bot lane, so then after the top lane fight's happened, they've gone back and replayed the bot lane fight. But whereas with Valorant, it tends to be, you know, you're playing as, like, more of a team, so it tends to very You can have, like, one yeah. focus. You don't have to split off. You're not missing anything with camera action.
1: And um, i not
2: feel like you... Because I feel like in something like what's it called Valorant, it's more about because of the way that it's, like, it's set in different rounds it's kind of more focused on the individual plays of people and not the overall like strategy, right? Because I feel like it's kind of just like, oh, those are the entertaining parts. And they talk about the strategy in between the rounds and stuff like that, but they're not, they're going to replay something, you know, if it was like, a, you know, someone did a cool flick or if someone, you know, did a clutch or something, not if, you know, oh, they rotated well or they heard this and like this setup was really good, right? Unless the cast is like specifically point that out and want Mm. to, like, make it. Yeah, that's
0: why the cast is there, like, to point out those little things that perhaps the
4: common player won't see, which makes it so
2: much Mm -hmm.
0: more better.
4: Yeah, I think if you want to compare Valorant, you shouldn't really compare it to League. Because, although they are the same company, Riot, right? But they're not the same genre of games. Because FPS Tactical is not the same as um, whatever League is. I'm not familiar with
1: League. I think if you want
4: to compare Valorant, yeah, if you want to compare Valorant to something... You should compare it to Rainbow Six because Rainbow Six is also a, a tactical shooter. Characters, um, some mechanical differences, but overall, the idea is the same. And you yeah. can tell from Rainbow Six, like they have six invitationals, and it's held like in Montreal almost every year. I think they change venues like once or twice, but other than that, because you're really like looking at individual plays, right? Sometimes you have bigger strats and that's when you can have the free cam, And that's where you have the casters come in who will usually do play the game or are at least like, informed on what the game is and what like, certain strats are. Then they will point it out. It's the same with sports. Because, well, esports is basically just sports but on a different dimension, I guess. And you need people to point out moves that, well, you may have missed because, well, it's a big field. It's a big map. You are bound to miss things. There's only so much attention that you can grab, and for for siege is a four 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 v four I think, and different rounds you have different people playing different things. Then you have the ban as well. I'm not sure about uh, Valorant,
2: but the Valorant doesn't do bans at the moment because I don't think they have enough. Um, yeah, they don't have uh, enough I know. They
4: exactly. Mm-hmm. For the round, only go. know. I only know a few. Valuing um, esports cups that have happened in Singapore because the um, game is pretty popular here and the prizes of about like thousand dollars, like max, probably that's the biggest one I've seen locally here, in Southeast Asia as well. I think that's the biggest prize cup. But for six invitational, it's a bigger price range, and it's in a, like, it's land based, so everyone's in. The same area at the same time. And it's basically like a huge... Um, from what I've been told, it's like a hockey stadium. They take half of it. And you have the players all playing in one spot Then you have the audience playing as well. But what I've heard from the Valorant Cups, from people that I've seen... That in the esports scene, locally at least, in Singapore. There are not a lot of um, audience. So... It's not that big of a scene yet because, well, it's a new game, so they are bound to have, like, some learning opportunities, I feel. But, yeah, I think Siege is a good place, like, a good benchmark because they have been established since, um, 2015? So, it's, like, six years? Six.
1: Yeah. Yeah, six.
4: So, mm-hmm. It's a pretty good place to start, if you're asking me. just for FPS That's shooters.
2: A good point around what's it called? The number of players in an actual like esports game, right? Like, because mm-hmm. it's it's like what's it called? You have four players in a 4v4, so it's eight players total in a siege game, but which is, is a lot five, easier sorry. to actually. It I think it's a
3: four five. Five.
4: It five. <laughs> <laughs> five, it should be five. It should
2: be five. siege or Valorant. The less I, people there are, the less people there are, like a fighting game has two players, right? Yeah. Like, that's that's the smallest amount of players you can have in like like a proper like competitive game is that you have two people either you do that or you can have like what's it called um uh like speed running competitions where people just run the game like and whoever gets the fastest time wins right where it's where it's kind of like mm-hmm. you're just watching that one person at a time but like the more players you get the harder it is to what's it called um to actually uh,
3: yeah it's harder to coordinate. Properly.
2: It's like well, it's why something like TF2 kind of never had a competitive scene because it just because you can't do a nine v nine, you can't it's observe extreme, a nine v nine properly because there's so much going on. There's like there's like four different individual mini fights going on and it's hard to determine which one you're going to focus on. Yeah. And then if you did yeah. have like land tournaments, it's very expensive to fly out nine players on each team. It's just ridiculous. So it's kind of like that never pop. That never. Um, Along with the fact that Valve just did not put any money into it compared to their other giants such as Dota and CS:GO, but yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, yeah. I looked it up, and you know with the thick, <laughs> with a thick uh, calf trailer, remember?
2: You just um, say thick and then laugh. Yeah, she <laughs> said thick and then just started <laughs> laughing. <laughs> I
0: thick nonetheless. Just, nonetheless, like, Siege <laughs> Siege has uh, five players in it.
4: Yeah. Mm. I just I can't sure, do numbers. But... Yeah, five players. Um, Valorant, how many?
1: Five. It's, it's
2: also 5v5. Five. Five. I feel five. like five. Valorant has the okay. Overwatch problem where, like, if they all use utility at the same time, they all use your abilities, it becomes an absolute clusterfuck, right? It becomes absolutely almost un. It's ununderstandable what's happening because the same problem with Overwatch is when there was a big team fight in Overwatch, everyone would use their like abilities and alts at the same time. It would be visually clustered. It would be like what's it called audio would be like all over the place. You'd have kind of no idea what's going on, and then you'd have to have like a, a replay to like focus on like one person's actions to actually make any sense. Right? And, I feel like a similar thing kind of mm-hmm. happens in Valorant, but at least in Valorant you can have that kind of like you-, you can focus on one person who can get you know a lot of kills and that's like that's like a fixed perspective that makes it more understandable
1: but also mm-hmm. with the orange oh, yeah. problem and um, the casters were the um, like the ones who had the hardest time with it because they had to fi- figure out what the hell is going on the entire time and there were so many visual things happening on the screen so they had trouble casting it uh, i have mm-hmm. heard
2: yeah it's like they ha-
1: they have the problem of like they have to work out what the strategies
2: that the teams are going for as it's happening which is kind of it seems like absolutely it's so tough sometimes but like when they when they do identify like good strategies and like a really like amazing play and they actually like showcase it properly and like explain it like it becomes really memorable like i still remember like this one fight from like when goats messer was a thing and um i think it was it was it new york he was like on top of the goat's meta at the time. Yeah. But they basically kept their Reinhardt alive by basically using literally every um, every resource possible. Like they used Brigitta armor pack. They used nano. What's it called on him? They used like um, Zen orb and like to like just save the Reinhardt when he got Earth shattered. And I just remember them breaking it down, going like they've put so much like what's it called resources into just saving one player, and this is why they're so good. And I was like, oh. Now I know. Now I understand like how much fucking how difficult it is to play and I've got more insight into it. You know, whereas Sider. before it was just it was just a clusterfuck.
4: Um I think
2: something I to note
4: the is that <laughs>
2: <laughs> Remember when something... they fucking like Nano yeah. Reaper, and it fucking Beyblade meta anyway, carry on.
4: <laughs> I think something to note is that like when it comes to games like that have Many different things going on, like Apex, for example, because you have, like, 20 different teams, 20 different trios, rotating around the same map, doing 20 different things, no, 20 times 3, 60 different things at different times. You need to have casters who intimately know the game, who have played the game, know the strats, or else you're just going to have equally confused casters, because... The thing is, regarding games like battle royales, mobas, they have more than one objective because I know that Lee, you have like side objectives, like the things in the forest or something, that you can get. If, correct me if I'm wrong, but. Mm-hmm.
2: You're
1: right. That is
4: like I've gnash. never heard it called that before,
2: but yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. I'm yeah. Like the like, site, oh, it was called I the thing. forest. It'd be so much cooler if the jungle role was like, oh yes, it's the forest. <laughs>
1: like he the is the forester. The forest. <laughs> I am playing the forester. Go
2: get the forest objective. What forest
4: boy? Yeah, but when you have different site objectives or just many people, just the sheer number of people doing different things at like the same time, like PUBG and um, Apex. You need casters who know the game, but for Siege, for um, Tactical Shooters, well, there's like a few strats maybe, but usually it's just revolving around the same idea of rotating and then um, getting the enemy where you can. For Siege, it's just like placement of traps and stuff. I think that's the same for Valorant, placing of smoke, etc, <laughs> etc. Et but yeah there are some games that you really need casters who know what they're doing. Yeah. I think it would just come off as really fake. You know?
3: (laughs) I think the thing with, um, being a caster is that there's certain, there's a certain level you need to be, I think, for example, in a game like League where you can get into such intense team fights with so much stuff happening, you have to have that, like, ability to understand what's going on. You'd have to be at, like, quite a high level whereas compared to, like, um, Again, like Overwatch, which is still something you still need to have like a very high understanding. But, like there are people that have been like Platt and diamond, but have coached, like been on a coach for an Overwatch League team. So like I think like it mm-hmm. depends on the game because again in a game like League, you're gonna have to be like a, a high, quite a high level with like to keep up with pro players and the casting. Whereas in other games, you may need sure you're still gonna need understanding, but you might not need it to that level. So, um... Yeah,
0: it's like. Yeah. Yeah. Ash. Yep, go ahead. <laughs> exactly, the point that I wanted to bring, I'm I'm one of the people who don't really watch uh, esports, who's not really interested in that topic uh, as much as everyone else probably in this chat. I'm not sure, really. But uh, nonetheless, for me, it was really hard to watch something like Fortnite, just due to the fact I had knowledge of the game, but it was so clammy, and it was so hard to understand what's going on compared to League, and back at the time, when I was still interested in watching Fortnite, it was the time when I just started playing League. And comparatively, I had more better understanding of Fortnite than League of Legends, but I still enjoyed watching League more than Fortnite.
4: Yeah. That's the thing. Because sure. casters, casters are the people that introduce you to the game. Well, not really, but if you are watching the game, they introduce you to the strats that people are using. So... It's kind you know,
2: of like, like a gateway. More game. content creators, yeah. if it's like, if you're like, if you do a lot of yeah, watching yeah. with YouTube and stuff like that, that's more of the thing. It's like, oh, there's a game called League. I'm gonna go, you know, what, check it out on YouTube first, you know, and then
0: it's mm-hmm. like
2: the first introduction I had to. League was the KDA video, right? Like, the first
4: oh, pop stars.
2: Like, that was the first thing I ever saw, right? And then I actually looked into, like, I watched one esports thing, and I saw some, like, like long spindly legged guy, and I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and, uh, I was like, this confuses me. But, like, at least, at least it's like one of those things that if you watch something like League and you see a big team fight happening Even if you don't understand all the shit that's happening in the team fight and like like, you know Why the cast is getting so excited and like it's still like there's an atmosphere to it, right? That you can get behind even if you don't understand it, it's like oh, it's exciting like they actually something's really bigs happening and you know Oh like one team came out of the other one. It's like it just it's that's like the you don't have to understand it fully to like get why it was like you know, exciting. But if you have that like understanding and, and you know the game and like you've played a lot and you can just, you know, you can at least have an understanding of what they're doing, then it makes it even better. So which is why I think mm-hmm. that Valorant works as well as an esports, because it's like you don't need to understand the whole like why do they put a smoke here and why do they use their utility here or whatever. But like, you know, he he just flicked halfway across the screen and one tap that guy. It's pretty understandable to like wow that was that was impressive. Even if I don't play the game, like it's just.
4: Yeah, same thing with Siege. I actually watched Siege as I, uh, way back in uh, twenty seventeen, but I couldn't get the game because the game was not free to play. I only got it like recently, and since then I knew that the the strat that people use is freaking a hole the size of your fucking eyeball. You can shoot a bullet through it. Anyone. You can penetrate through wood, anything, and they're just dead. That is, that is one of the highest skill strats that you have in Siege. And I just understood that from the caster, who explained it so beautifully, which is just great. I don't even play the game, but I understand how this works, which is, well, a job well done, in my opinion.
3: I think one of like, the more interesting things about the cast of the esports is the analysis that we do after. I think specifically in a tactical shooter such as like Rainbow or um, Valorant. Well, it is like, it, like Beck said, like, oh, he flicked the side and did a really good headshot. That's pretty impressive. What I find more interesting is the in-depth analysis after. Like, they placed their smokes where, and it did this, it denied vision, it helped them push into sight, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. Because in games such mm. as like Valorant and Rainbow, you have so much utility that like, you watch a professional player play they can do so much stuff with it that like people at like low levels don't even consider doing and like the casters help explain that and then like there have been multiple times like oh that makes sense and then people like i'm gonna take uh Sova as an example from valorant people i've seen like um i was watching valorant masters i've seen people do insane lineups and so that i wouldn't even consider doing until i saw someone do that so i think watching you know. a- explanation and breakdown of how professional players use that utility is very interesting. But also, Mm -hmm.
1: if we take League, the casters in League, um, some of them are um, previous pro players, so they already have the high level, they're already at the high level, but the others, they use so much of their time to analyze, analyze the meta, analyze the nerfs, the buffs, analyze everything about the game. So, one of the casters in the LEC, uh, Frosk, she was so good at it, and um, she explained everything so even someone who was new to the game, uh, didn't really play the game, could understand what the best of the best were doing. That's something that, I'm not sure how good you can do it in tactical shooters, because it's more get good at aiming, where this is... You can get good at strategizing
2: i feel like there's two mm-hmm. types of uh casters. i feel like there's the there's the pro, they're like the ch- charismatic pro player that like switched to like casting right and then there's the, basically the person who does he's like the researcher who does casting right who's not particularly like great like mechanically at the game but they understand the game's like strategy and you know kind of a lot of the mechanics of the game, like from a technical standpoint, but not like a game-sensey standpoint. Because you can you can kind of have casters who can feel out, like, oh, I can kind of feel what they're going for in this game, and I can, you know, I can understand like the kind of split second decision of why they do this, you know, that kind of thing. And then the other ones who are kind of explain concepts and strategies and can see a lot of that. And because I know that a lot of the, what's it called, um, uh, Overwatch casters weren't very high ranked in overwatch but they they knew a lot about the game and a lot about the strategy right even if they couldn't actually pull it off themselves but whereas i think i think that a lot of the valorant um uh casters are like very good players and like they have good aim and like they 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 do rank quite highly because i do feel like you can learn a lot more about a game if you watch someone um if you watch someone talk about it who actually has like a really good grip on it like you understand more than like the game could tutorialize to you you know it's just like Mm -hmm. which is kind of what the other example i was talking about with uh, ash about for basically you can't you can't play that game properly unless you know how to parry and the game just does not teach you how to parry right like there's only if you watch a few what's called introductory youtube videos they give a way better explanation of like what parrying is in that game compared to anything else so
4: there's also this begs the question actually the the playbook or how you're supposed to play. A theoretical like map of how you're supposed to play. And how things actually turn out in the game. You can have... um I, Okay, the game I'm most familiar with is Apex. So I'm just going to use that. You have Apex. You have like... There are people who have mapped out their rotation routes. I've seen from ARGS. And while well and dandy, this could go to plan. But humans are humans. Things could crop up. You can know your paperback really well you can know the theory you can know the best way to rotate and everything but there's still like an unknown factor there's still rng loophole everything that you have to take care of yeah so it's adapting and also knowing the game as well i think did i go off point i feel no, like I went no off you point.
1: Did. didn't
4: I didn't go off point no it's okay
1: so if we go from that point league of legends You have the playbook, you have teams who go by the playbook, but then you have teams who like take the playbook and rip it apart and like put it back together and they still do really well.
2: Entertaining teams there. Some of the, like I've, I've, every like eSports team I've really like properly like cheered for have had like the weirdest, like nuttiest strats and it's just because it's just so fun to watch and watch them play off meta like champions and stuff it's like yeah dude i want to see them win i want to see them push through this kind of like you know like oh you have to play this because it's the meta like standard Mm -hmm. and it's like no dude if you're good enough at this character if you like are creative enough you can like win i like that
0: remember the times when we first saw Garrett and yumi bot lane yeah uh, (laughs) remember uh, that uh, people went absolutely crazy And I remember playing after that. And people who did watch uh, the game, I've got around three games because I consistently play. I I played back then around five games maybe a day or even six. And out of those six to five games, at least three of them had a Garen-Yumi bot lane. (laughs) But
3: the funniest part was that
0: people didn't know how to play it correctly.
3: Like, that reminds me of um, the GOATS meta from Overwatch, so that like, because of how dominant it was, especially in pro-play, it just became whoever can play GOATS better just won that fight.
2: Yeah. But that's a whole other story about like, a- a what's called the Blizzard just
1: not knowing how to balance a fucking yeah, FPS true, true, true. character game properly it. and goats not testing shit and and it's just like great. Really. Cool. Maybe we should make it an entire episode just called a Blizzard.
3: You could talk a lot about Blizzard, honestly.
1: There's a lot you could do. Fuck Blizzard! Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but also... Yeah, uh, not there's
2: no like too. There, is, there is something to be said about balancing games for, like, competitive scenes. Because it's like, sometimes it's like, yeah, it might be, like, the most, like, what's it called? Uh, efficient for, like, viewing and public attention. Because it's like, if the eSports is, like, dominated by one strategy or one character, it gets boring very quickly. But, like, I'm sitting here, being smashed by Garen top because he doesn't get nerfed and it's just like cool great I guess I guess we don't matter the normal player doesn't matter it's only like the elite pro players who actually you know get any people that Briar even cares about to balance right like why even care about anyone who's like in in like a lower rank you know you you just need to get good scrub (laughs) I know that's not how it is but like sometimes it just feels like you need to like give and take with this thing and not just go like we're gonna hyper focus on balancing our our, um, our pro scene because of some kind of like trickle down effect, because it doesn't always work and it has to be done very carefully. Because a lot of the like good balancing for trickle down balancing is done where it's a it's like a particular mechanic or a particular um, exploit you do with that character that you can only do at pro level, right? And it's not, it doesn't affect anything else. Because like lowering Azir's damage, like just base, even though he has a terrible win rate in Silicus, so like is going to make him just just worse overall right even if even if he's like he's going to be played less in pro play yeah but he's not he's going to be played less even more in solo queue whereas if you change something about his kit where it's like oh there's a particular like maybe you change up a particular mechanic at the top level so it makes him like m- like not as oppressive but like something like that right i know it's not that easy but some characters just seem to be left in the dirt because they can't think of a creative way to balance them properly
3: <laughs> like... yeah
2: Rest in peace, one day I'll be. able to uh, Sorry, I'm
3: going to go back to Blizzard again, but like, um, I think for me, one of the biggest issues with Overwatch is the fact that Blizzard just kept on, like they, like all they did was like it got to a point when Bricky, uh, because of Ghost meta and etc., it just came to a point when every anything that got nerfed or buffed just became around um Overwatch League, and I think one of the most recent more one of the more recent examples was because um because of, I think Ash Sombra came really big into meta. Like, there's a lot of Ash, like, with the damage boost being played. And so, back when I was playing, like, Overwatch a bit more, I think uh, Ash got nerfed, so she could no longer one-shot in the head. And I think it that she solely because, at the time, all Overwatch League was, was just that fucking... just the constant damage boost onto the Ash Sombra. It was just, that's what the meta was, and that's just basically all the professional players played. Until she got nerfed, and I don't know what it is right now, it's probably McCree or something, but... Yeah, it just dominated her, and just said, killed like, Overwatch. hey... What,
1: well, you think Overwatch is dead?
3: I think... I honestly think it's dying, little by little. It it's definitely
0: dying. There is a yeah. reason! There is a reason why they're making a second game, right? Yeah. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. But, I think what killed Overwatch is the lack of updates, the lack yeah. of actual content. I Skins... Don't... Sorry, Skins doesn't cut it. In my
3: opinion, at least as good as it Blizzard is it is more cosmetics.
1: <sighs> yeah, but
2: you do... you are demanding something from like you know, it's, there is a there is a level of polish that Blizzard has to like uphold for things to be released properly, right? So, but then you have it's kind of like it's. Like, it's... But, yeah, it, true. You do have right, but they're still working on like, not as big of a stage as Overwatch. Right, you have to do a lot more developing in Overwatch. like like, even though even if you took the whole like content development out i I don't know i just feel like the fucking blizzard just did not communicate with their audience properly it just didn't talk to like the fans that like wanted to know what was going on or like were just like concerned about like certain things and like why is this happening and i know it's kind of like the you have a audience that is like millions of people right that's not easy to deal with but you can at least make some kind of effort to like Talk about here are the issues we're having, or here's what we're currently considering. Even if it's like a majority, like some not a majority, but a a minority of the player base is like we don't like this. This is you know we did blah, 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 whatever the game's dead, right? It's like at least you can be honest with it and go like we're like we're trying to find a solution for like this what's it called dive meta or something like that, or like we're trying to find a solution for something like this. You know, give us some time. I don't know. It just feels so ingenuine and like, whenever they have a problem, they just can com- go completely silent and then they fucking, you know, like, four months later, it's like, oh, cool, we're just gonna throw this new character in and then they broke the whole meta and it's like, great, cool. You could have talked to us well, or tested it out or put it on the PTR or something just to kind of go, let's try it out and everything.
0: I feel like it's the same with the lore of Overwatch as well, really. They Yeah, just, I just, you know.
2: they just don't... Want- they just don't want just
0: plant in whatever is
2: popular. Really, that's all. He's like, I was gonna mm-hmm. make a whole. I wanted to make a whole video on how bad Shooting Star is. Like, as it's on its own, Shooting Star, like the cinematic with Diva, is like not terrible, right? It's it's all right. It's it's okay. But compared to some of the other ones that they did, the other cinematics, that it's like it's rubbish, right? It's really badly written. It's like it's kind of boring. Like the characters don't have any development whatsoever. It's like, what did I learn about D.Va? Who the hell's this new character who never comes up again and has no like purpose of being there? You could replace that with a plank of wood and it would have been just as like dramatic and whatever. It doesn't matter, right? And it's just like and then it's kind of like, oh now we're not gonna do any more until Overwatch Two and maybe hopefully that will be the game that we actually wanted to make in the first place, but probably Activision got in the way of it's like
1: it's like But also that's the thing. We have Blizzard who does that, all of that, but then you have Riot. You see Senna, she was put in the law a long time ago and then she she got released. Most of the things they have in the law actually come back again. I would because say the dude they're good, well, good at that.
0: You got your time to talk about esports, let me talk about the law. Yeah,
1: <laughs> okay, go, <laughs> go, go, go ahead, ahead Ash. Uh, go ahead.
0: Well yeah, so, I don't know how to say it, like, how to say it better, people just write better, that's it, they just write better. The characters are more interesting, the world is more interesting, their concept artists are incredible, absolutely Mm. incredible, the world building is rich, and they can just do so much with it as well, compared Mm -hmm. to Overwatch, where they just have, yeah, they already build the timeline, right? in which they already set a few things in, like completely different, like different places, which I feel was so hard to work around. At least in my opinion, it would be, for me, for example, it would be hard to work around that timeline where you can, you need to fit in like, for example, oh yeah, Brigitte was this age when, I, I'm not familiar with Overwatch lore, right? But it could have clashed with, for example, Omnic Invasion, the ages of characters, the connections between them, could not have made sense that's why there were so many holes as well compared to league where they live little hints little hints right in every character's story which can mean something but as well might not be brought back again if they don't want to
4: yeah i think and that's the, the thing with as well. mm-hmm. i think that's okay. the thing with um with 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 games that have an like A subplot, I think it's called, that runs, like, behind. And I think that's something Apex did very well as well. It's, uh... You have the game. You have the Battle Royale aspect. You have the Bloodsport aspect. But you have the stories behind them. You have Watson being an engineer of the games. You have um, Bloodhound away from home trying to find something... You have the the story between Revenant and Loba, that has been spanning since season four, five, like oh, almost almost a year. Yeah, since that like started and kicked off, and then you have Horizon, which was very good, by the way. I think the the story for Horizon was very very well executed, very very w- well wrapped within a season, and. Yeah, and now you have the ongoing beef between Maggie and um, Fuse, which I think was very well executed by Respawn because I think, one, they had the advantage of having released Titanfall and Titanfall 2 beforehand. So they had, like, an ample world, an ample, like, uh, assets to use, Titans, pilots, they have the timeline already. eh? And there's not much retconning to do. Whereas there's, like, um, Overwatch that has, like, like, the story is an afterthought, you know? You can tell that the story is an afterthought in um Overwatch because even I, as someone who plays the game, not much, but interested enough in the lore, is a bit confused over the timeline because they keep retconning things. And Apex, you just have... I think I think it's just the one. I think it's just Wraith's age that they retcon. And together along with, like, the cinematic trailers that makes it feel like a story-driven thing, even though it's not, it's it's pretty good, I feel. Some games that do have this um, narrative subplot behind it, including League. I, I, I'm just hearing about League from you guys, but it has a really interesting um, narrative subplot with, like, um, wars going on, like, invasions, I think, between the... Was it... The, the Ionians and Noxus. the other people. Noxus. Noxus and yeah.
0: Ionians. Yeah,
4: mm. yeah, it makes it compelling. It makes characters compelling. Even though they are not, say, the most um meta characters. Like, let's say, um. Uh, let's see. I don't know. Is there, like, a, a non-meta character which is very, like, narratively strong? That you okay. might say, like, <laughs> it's like, A lot
0: of them. All of them have rich stories, except like, you know, older ones, of course. But I believe, I don't know if Silas is in meta now. I don't think he is. But Silas has one of the most interesting and conflicted and like, I don't know, just, like, it's so good. His story is amazing. He connects so many characters together. He makes, he builds conflict between the characters. He makes people regret things and like, I don't know express themselves in a way they wouldn't express themselves in the first place mm-hmm. it's like the, it's just it's
3: the,
4: it is exactly yeah. yeah and it's not like um it's not you really have to write an essay for everything that you have to justify it for you have apex with like the little sprinkles of um dialogue and i think league had that as well right special dialogue between certain characters which really just adds to them just feeling human. That's a very important aspect. It's to make them feel human. Make them feel or not compelling human. to play.
1: Yeah. yeah. Not
4: human. Or make them just feel like heartless creatures like Revenant. And um, whatever the equivalent in D is. <laughs> but yeah, it's just making a character likable or unlikable. That makes a character compelling to play. Would you call the revenant a heartless creature? Well, in previous oh. seasons, yes, he is. But now it's 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 developing. It's in progress. He's not tell. heartless. And that, yeah, but, I mean, like in previous seasons, like seasons four, I mean, he he wasn't known to just be a machine. Oh, of course, but, but now of we can course, see his sorry. Continue. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can see. Yeah, like what Ash said, you can see the development of character. You can see the development of character within Caustic as well. Very interesting. I do not like him as a character. Which is good. Which means the characters have done a really terrific job of making him just a terrible fucking person.
1: (laughs) But you also have um, League. If you go back to League. The game is not Mm -hmm. driven by the story at all.
0: Yeah. Can but, just point something
1: yeah. else at? yeah yeah now
0: it isn't before before the starting law was, yeah, just, was just... that they're summoners and their characters and it was, it was the stupidest shit i've ever fucking read and then people and then Bright was like
1: yeah no, this i is
0: think not... this is not gonna fucking work and they reworked yeah. it completely which was such a big step because it took so much time so much money so much like um Preparation before they can release it and show people who are interested in lore, hey, look, we actually worked in something. And not just, you yeah. know, like. Make the half baked, I don't know, story.
1: Uh, the first uh, name of League of Legends was Summoner's War. And then they chose League of Legends afterwards. But Summoner's War was the original name for the creation they, Riot Games, had planned. Ah. Uh, uh. So that's where the summoning and part came in, and the map itself, um, Summoners Rift, that's the map you play on the five v five map. Um, it is the battleground of uh, these unhuman creatures or whatever. Like there's also humans, obviously, but where they just fought out a battle with people who controlled them. That was most of the story, but then they. Yeah. Changed it so that you actually had a world behind it. No idea how mm-hmm. the, f- the 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 game itself, like the aspect of that, comes into story anymore. Because why would people be five v five fighting on a map in the middle of nowhere? No idea.
4: Yeah, I get that. It's like it's it's just a whole different ball game from from changing from um game that is like how to say narrative driven to a game that is narrative driven but not so much you know it's like it's like a it's like a little side project that we have not really like the main thing that you should be focusing on but if you focus on it there'll be good tidbits for you that come out of it yeah yeah i feel like that's an incentive for people to play as well i think yeah i i I got into Apex Legends because I was interested in law. I, I saw the Revenant, Um, I joined in season 4, I saw the Revenant mm-hmm. video. And I was like, intrigued, who is this man? This robot man, I want to know more. That I played the game. and never yeah. thought I'm
0: going to hear that from your mouth.
4: Robot man. <laughs> who is that man? <laughs> who is that man? Oh, who is that <laughs> man? You have compelling feelings. Feeling. You have compelling villains, yeah, and well, compelling they are, yeah. Like like, uh, Christopher, what's that? The Batman and you have the Joker. The Joker is so well written in um, was it Christopher? I I can't remember the two thousand and nine one or something. I can't remember, but when you have a well written villain. It, it just makes a lot of things easier for you, if you have well-written characters as well. It just makes an incentive for people to start playing your game. Because, well, you have the gamers' games, who are just playing for the sake of mechanics and stuff, who wouldn't give a rat's ass about lore. And then you have the lore hounds, who have, like, um, bought comics. <laughs> yeah, that's what they call them. Right? Who have bought books, art books, seen like the concept character art, and are like really interested in like the inner makings of this character. Where are they from? What is their story? I want to know. Which is like great. <laughs> I think it just adds a whole new dimension to like video games in general, which is very good. From from single player campaign games like COD, now you can have like multiplayer and you can have campaigns in them as well
2: it's kind of like the whole thing that like people just expect more from these kind of games. They want to have like like a community to build off it, right? They don't want to just have like the old days of something like Quake where it was just it was all built on the mechanics of the game and not really to do with the actual like story of Quake. Who like who knows what the story of Quake is? No one. But everyone knows about, you know, the kind of the particular mechanics and like the bee hopping and you know the insane projectile like shots people could pull off and stuff. that was the entertaining part of it. Same with kind of Call of Duty. I feel like Call of Duty is kind mm-hmm. of falling off, like, mainstream. Not con- not exactly mainstream, but, like, what's it called? In the sense that people aren't really making a lot of fandoms around something like Call of Duty, just because it's very kind of based on the gameplay or aspect of it and not really on, yeah. like, the characters. I know there are a few, like, fan-favorite characters in the uh, story, but it's not like, you know, the person you play as is particularly interesting or anything. It's like, yeah, it's like... Yeah, it's kind of where stuff like it's, mains come from, you know. It's like I really like this character from this game, so I, I, I you know, and I,
4: mm.
2: I want to main them because of it. That kind of thing. It's like, and then you put more time in, and you get invested in them. And then you know, when a new skin comes out, you're more likely to buy it or something along those lines. So there's like, you know, there's, there's, there's incentive for both sides to do it, right? Because it's just like you know, for the for the player, it's I get more satisfaction with playing. This game and this character, and it, it you know, I, I really enjoy it. And then from the developer side of it, it's like, yeah, we, you know, we, we get more player attention and, you know, build a bigger community and then, you know, in in turn can make more money off it. So,
4: mm-hmm. yeah. I think, I mean, right now in this economy, which game company isn't really out to make money?
2: Like, but if that's no. your main goal, <laughs> then you don't ever, you don't ever innovate, right? You just sit around and you just, um, you just, like,
4: think uh, of money. You just
2: make the same stuff, right? You just make the same stuff. You don't ever, like, do anything new, which is kind of why I feel CSGO. like this whole, like, ban. CSGO, yeah, it, it's it been the same game for fucking ages. It's like, it doesn't ever change. It doesn't do anything, right? And then mm-hmm. you have something, but it's, which is why I go back to the mod point, because I think that the reason is that as soon as you put mods in it, it's kind of just like, oh, this is what the game could be. I mean, it's like, why yeah. am I playing the base game when I could be playing this way better version because of this mod coming out? That's yeah. another reason. Yeah. That. Just like, it's, that, it, there's, there's yeah. less control over what your players expect. Because if your players expect, like, so much like more from your game than you really want to actually invest in it, then it's going to be difficult to keep them not from getting pissed off, right? It's like...
1: Mm-hmm. So that,
2: that's another reason I think that mods are fucked over. It's just.
1: Also, well, um, my cousin um one of his friends uh, made mods for World of Warcraft Blizzard mm-hmm. saw this and actually offered him a job so now he works for Blizzard mm, yeah, in the of Warcraft department that's like that's
2: old Blizzard, old Blizzard used to do that all the yeah. time where like if you if you clearly had talent in like in the industry they'd hire you instead of just like anning you right
1: yes yeah. but also yeah. he had a passion for the game he liked the game and he saw some areas where he could improve it or where he could change something and then when he got hired he got to do those things he still had the passion for the game and he could change the things he wanted to he could sit down and talk to the other people who worked with of uh, Warcraft to see this is the things that we should change from a player's perspective and they actually did it mm-hmm. but now you can see with Riot they don't really have that aspect of things they listen to players but not as much as some other people uh, do but they listen to players on um, what they should change and what could be better um, graphics wise uh, bugs, bugs are actually a very big thing Riot focuses on because if they have a bug it's either going to be fixed in the next 24 hours or 2 days It's it's gone but like, it's like
2: it- but there's, I feel like there's character like favoritism here, because it's like yeah. <laughs> Daisy's been bugged for fucking years, and it's just okay. like if there was any any kind of if there was any kind of bug like that, unlike Yasuo or like Thresh or like any other like popular character or like Lux, they'd like fix it immediately, right? Yeah. It's like they're like, but like it, because if it's a character that it's not part of the favorites and like it's like they don't have any incentive to even attempt to fix you're just gonna be put on like the back burner, right you, no one really they don't really care or it doesn't seem like they care right that's what irritates me it's like yeah you could ugh, just <laughs> if but, you don't if you don't fucking get a main that's one of you know riot's favorites then you're just gonna have to like eat the scraps it's like
1: <laughs> you could also see that with the skins that riot makes so there was a lot of Champions who never gotten got a skin, Aurelian Soul was one of them. He got a skin, but it was absolute trash. Owen has two skins. Ivan just got another one after what two two years. Quinn just got a new one, but also after like two or three years. Because their player base is very small, and they don't really get played in pro play a lot. And when they do get played in pro play, it's for a week or two. Most two weeks, where that patch is still open, because then they will be broken some way, and then they, Write nerfs what make them broken, so they don't get played again. That's the problem with the less play champions. You you see them once in a while in pro play, but that's it. Because of that, they don't get the high the attention of the players who don't watch the big uh like who don't watch pro play. Uh, who watch properly i feel
2: like it because i feel like they took they put a lot of time into like balancing the popular characters right so that they are like they are in some way always viable so that they can continue to be popular right because you know there's an incentive to keep them popular so that if they have a lot of skins that you can buy for them that you're more likely to buy another skin right so but i feel like if they just put some time into making some of these like underplayed characters like more like, viable, like, fair, in the sense that, like, because sometimes it doesn't always mean, like, viable doesn't always mean, like, popularity or, like, that it's gonna be fun to play, right? Because it's like, someone like Poppy is, like, balanced, but, like, she just takes so much work to, like, to get to actually work properly, right? It's kind of like, you need to, same with someone like Aurelian Soul, in the sense that, like, you can kind of say he's, like, balanced now, but he takes so much work to learn how to play that most people just don't want to play him, right? Whereas someone like Yasuo, I feel, or like Yon, you don't, you can get some moderate success out of him without learning his whole kit, like, really well and playing, like, a load of games. Like, you go and play Azir, right? You're gonna have to, like, basically int for about 30 games before you can actually play that character properly. Yeah. It's just not it's not fun, right? It's, it's just, in a sense, but, like, these other characters, like Garen and stuff like that, and Darius, you can kind of just get success on because they're just, like, they can just do damage and they don't have to do much to get that damage. I don't know, it just seems like maybe you could try and change up these characters a little bit or think them over to kind of go, how do we make these characters more like interesting for people to play or more enjoyable for people to play? But, I don't know, because is there the other argument with someone like Azir where it's like, you know, it's it's okay to have complicated characters and characters that not everyone's going to be able to play like, like successfully. But then, you know, they turn into balancing nightmares and blah, 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 right? So, yeah. It's like, I love I love Tom Kench, I love his character, I like his play style of, you know, saving teammates by eating them and stuff like that and, you know, getting them out of the line of fire. But, like, because of his passive, like, you literally just can't play, they can't buff or nerf him, like, at all, basically, or they can nerf him, but they can't buff him because he might just go back into competitive play immediately. Right? And it just sucks because it's like great, yeah. now that because there's a threat that he might dominate the pro play, I don't get to play him at all. Even though it's like even though the pro play is so like distant from the game I play that it's almost like non existent, right? It's just like I don't know, it just seems it just frustrates me. Like, why can't they just do a rework on a character like that who's been neglecting for a very long time instead of going like, Oh, let's give Zhao a mini rework instead. I don't know, it's just like <laughs> yeah.
1: But you yeah. have the same with Overwatch. There's characters that don't get played at all. Because they have... And then
2: you get someone like Torbjorn and it becomes... Torbjorn becomes like a fucking yeah. just meme character.
1: But that's the point with general... Like, characters who have... Like, can do some of everything... Are always going to be popular in games. For example, Jet. No matter what, she's popular.
3: so again, for the generalist conversation.
1: Yeah. But... It's, well, yeah, because, yeah, it's really stupid because you can't have like a um, character who specializes in one thing be good. in like he, they can still be good, but it's not like, oh, my God, this is the best character ever because they can just do one thing where you want a character who can do a lot of things and more rounded out
2: yeah that is just going into like the generalist debate because it's all about kind of like um how do you balance it between having a specialist who who like is good at their specialty without having it be like oppressive and having a generalist who's you know who's not just good at everything right who just overtakes specialists because they're just good at everything right like, I feel like because one of the games I really like and really enjoyed because of its class system was what of Walk Across Classic, right? Because, yeah, it did have its characters that just were not as good as some other characters, right? It just, there was definitely like a hierarchy or a tier list of characters. But, like, every class had like its unique aspects to it, right? Like, there's something that only that class could do. And even the classes that were like not very good, like Druid and stuff like that, still had like a place in in the game. There are some, like, you know, dungeon runs that you could only do with, like, a druid, like, compared to anyone else, and, like, you could use that to, like, you know, find success, right? So it's kind of like where you have games where a lot of uh, people will like domain, like, classes that can do a lot or have, like, a generalist aspect to them, so that even if they get buffed or nerfed, they're still generally useful because they can, you know, they can adapt better, right? Whereas someone like a specialist, like, let's say, um... Oh, who's Euro. like a, like Zera, I guess, or like Euro? Well, it's kind of like Viper, right? Because Viper is yeah. one of those kind of um, characters that is so specialized to like denying vision that if if they don't deny enough vision, they're just not useful as much. as, like I could just play Omen instead because he's got he's got a smoke and a flash and they're refillable and it's a lot easier to place them and it's just and to
1: you can also um teleport around so you can pr- get. Other places uh, where Viper can't, so it's yeah, it's just really... like I'm like yeah.
2: Every other smoker has a, like basically a point and click smoke where they can just they can go. I want my smoke right there, except Viper who has to fucking throw it. And it's just like it just seems like completely like outdated in that way. I don't know. It's just it irritates me because I feel like a lot of games do end up becoming like generalist. Um, fiestas and then all the like specialist characters that they've designed over the years either like come into relevance for like one one meta and then just fall out again or like they just never reoccur, right? They never reappear. Like something like TF2 kind of had a similar issue but like the original game was based to be like a 9v9 where you had one of every class and then it just ended up being a 66 instead because you basically just ended up with all the generalist classes being the only classes you could play because when you need to attack and defend on the fly having like a specific a specifically like defense oriented class becomes a hindrance right mm. yeah dude, i fucking want i want tf2's competitive scene to come back dude i fucking it would, it would have been so good i saw a whole like what's it called video about the fact that um about how um it's almost like adapted free sports and if if like what's it called um valve actually just tried it would probably be quite successful because like a lot of the overwatch pros basically said that if tf2 had like a functioning esports they'd way rather do that than overwatch and it's just like it, it just irritates me the TF2 actually, oh, there, there is
1: team fight tactics news. no not team fight no, tactics like, team fortress team, T- team fortress
2: okay. 2. yeah there is it's the it's the granddaddy of character um, what's it called, um, class-based games, basically. Yeah. yeah. And it, uh, it's way yeah, ahead it's, of its I time.
3: Think, think,
4: mm-hmm, it was the blueprint, I think, for such um, character-based games, I, I I, think. I'm not quite sure about that. There might be stuff before them, but I'm pretty sure t- uh, t- sorry, there are a lot of TFs. Um, Team Fortress was the one that <laughs> took, make it take off, I, I suppose, in a way.
2: Yeah, they did. I, I but there's actually some news on Team Fortress, by the way, which is that um, I think it's a CS:GO like competitive um, like group. Is basically they're building their own like server um, on Team Fortress Two that has like it's almost like a um, a ranked version of um, of the casual mode. Because right now the casual mode in TF Two just has not like no, no MR stuff. It just it just matches random players, right? Because that's the time it was from where. You just matched people and uh and like it actually seems to be like a way of doing what fucking valve just won't do which is just like actually modernize their game like know, it just seems they just fucking abandoned it same, same with fucking heroes of the storm <laughs> fucking bless it so i
0: said i can't wait for them to get copyright striked
2: uh, no, I'm... no, they can't. They won't get copyrights. Yeah. It, it's Valve. They're not. They're like the only ones left who who don't mind like modding in their games. I feel, like uh, they kind of like that's that's like, that's where the whole fucking Valve company really came from. Was just like mods, right? That was like the whole stuff. Like they had the the Source Engine and stuff, which was the like yeah. the. So many games have been made out of Source Engine. It's just unbelievable.
1: But also you can also see. Um games who have the big competitor scene like CSGO, League, you can't mod them because mods would be cheating. So that's one way of like saying, mods can't be used here, but where people, like more casual games such as World of Warcraft, Team Team Fortress 2, Team Fortress 2, how dare you.
4: I I I said Titanfall. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Titanfall. Can you mod Titanfall?
4: Um, Probably. I'm not sure about that, but go back to what you were saying.
1: Like, they can't be modded because the mods, I, I mean, League has the, a skin mod, which is stupid, but it's. <laughs>
2: with the a <Yasuo> wheelchair?
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, at one point, there was a LeBlanc waffle. Like, I'm not kidding. She was legit just a waffle <laughs> with sunglasses. Like, that's the only mod Why? League has ever had, really. Um, you have second um, second hand um, software that can change how you, you view how you the camera is on like what is your character you can change the um, sky the size of the map because in league the there's nothing above the map it's just a black hole and the side mm-hmm. used to be the same a void but some people may take uh, made some software so that the like above the map was a sky and you could put in what you wanted there uh, the sides league put in some stuff themselves and like but it all came from secondhand stuff where people were passionate about the game who then decided to create this the same with there was a software where you could change how you had your camera fixed on your character for editing yeah. making montage and stuff Leek bought this software and the other software with the sky, and implemented it in their um, professional games. So-
2: this is why I think something like modding is like use is like an actual like benefit to like developers, yeah. right? Because I think something like what's it called when Overwatch released their uh, what's it called Workshop. Uh, the first thing that was basically made in that was Gun Game. Like that was the one of the first things that was made in there, right? And it became really popular, and then and then Overwatch like actually implemented it into into their, like, normal game, right? And I feel like if you have... If you open up, like, what's it called? Your game to, like, modders and, you know, at least some kind of creation tool, then you will get these kind of interesting... You might get a lot of interesting new things that you might not have seen, and you might even just be able to just copy-paste across, right? You don't even need to, like, do all the development work because someone with passion has done it for you, right? It just irritates me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it gives the game a new face and it gives the developers um, a helping hand from the players who enjoy the game a lot to say this could actually work and this is the thing I have been doing maybe use then the developer can then talk to the person get this stuff and stuff and implement it that way the game always stays healthy in my opinion and is always relevant because the people who are really passionate about the game always want to make the game better for yeah. example, uh, I'm, my dad knows a person who made a website for League of Legends discussions. Ride bought the website from him and used it as one of their official sites now. And he was just passionate about the game. So you can see the developers can get it, gets, it can get easier for the developers to implement more and do more stuff with the game with the community's help, which I find amazing.
2: Like one of the big examples I see of that was the what's it called Halo Eldorado, um, what's it called mod, which was, um, which was basically a mod that brought Halo to PC, and basically it got shut down by Microsoft. But there was a whole load of talks about bringing the person, the people who modded it, like in for a discussion about like basically developing a Halo for PC, and I think it turned into. Uh, the master chief collection which came out on pc right i think they also helped with a lot like it's very confidential so like there's no like like i don't know exactly what happened but it's speculated that basically the people who did the mod got hired to help make that game right so i feel like because because it was sent put out there and there was like so many people like jumped on it and were like oh halo for pc hell yeah and like the bandwagon was already there like microsoft kind of was like oh okay so there's there's a demand for it right and then they kind of they could see that, like, if they put some investment into it or, like, some time and money, that it was actually going to, in some way, pay off, right? So I feel like having these kind of mods really does help with that thing to show, like, oh, this is something that the players want, right? And, like, you know, we didn't need to take the risk for it. This modder did instead, (laughs) because for some Mm. reason, companies just don't want to take any risks anymore or try anything new, which I I do commend Riot for, because they do take risks with their character designs, right? They don't make just basic characters, unless it's Seraphine. So it's, like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know you know it's like unless what? it's a oh,
1: sonic copy
2: one of one of ash's points which is around like making characters from the law because like because if if you make a character from the law and people like that character that you can you can make that character and put it into the game and it's going to have some moderate success right no matter like how how like the the what's it called the meta or whatever right because people like that character like viego is one of the most anticipated characters and people are really really excited and hyped for him right and he's played a lot right and i feel yeah. like some people some people think he's bad and like some people think that like they they don't like his play style, but they play him anyways because they like you know the ruined king right like that's part of it yeah, so, yeah really i think so. that's why someone like seraphine comes in and then she's like has a story out of nowhere that clearly isn't thought very well through and people just get like pissed right they're not happy with it because like why would we do this when we have such great like uh, other great characters that you've already put into the game
0: yeah back to the topic like yeah. uh, the same viego seraphine topic right uh with viego what they did right is that he was anticipated for a long time he was teased almost five years ago in that one singular um Item that they had—that's the, also what they do really well—is that they connect items to the lore,
1: Later and 17. that thing
0: rose so much theories in the lore community. Let's say that it carried on, like it carried on for such a long time. And when he was finally introduced and talked about by Riot itself after five years, people went crazy—absolutely crazy. Absolutely Started speculating who he was. Started speculating, what well, like uh, how he would look, what happened, and the overall design and everything that they worked for. Like the character was very well written, very well designed, fit perfectly in. And then we we'll look at Seraphine, right?
1: I mean, you you also have characters like um, Aurelian Soul. His first uh, idea, the concept of him, were Aoshin. I think, yeah Oceanhin, uh, which was a storm dragon they t- like talked about him in two thousand thirteen. Talk about making this character. you see l- years later um Aushin becomes Aurelian soul, where they chose a space um theme instead of storm, and then you have the storm dragon uh, Aurelian soul skin, which is a tribute to Oceanhin. Which it was the original concept and the original design for the character. Which... Did you wa-
2: did you also watch that video on early Yeah. <laughs> <end song>? yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: it's great.
0: Well exactly, like that's yeah. the point. Yeah. Uh the more they work, the better the characters pretty much like comes out. But <sighs> Seraphine was a very spe- yeah. specific case where as much as people want to say she was, and as much as people want to debate, she was made for marketing, really. KDA came out, and they thought, oh, what would be great if we would make another one, right? But very cute pop idol kind of deal, right? And all the controversy as well behind surfing. if you saw uh, on Twitter as well, that she looks oddly familiar to um, a woman that at the time... Uh, when Seraphine apparently was in development, was dating a man uh, who, as Riot claimed, uh, was left them. Sorry, not was, left them. But she looks oddly uh, oddly familiar, oddly alike to her, which was, you know, interesting. Nonetheless, um, I kind of went off topic there, but.
2: Her. Alas, poor Yorick.
0: <laughs> yeah. Alas, um,
1: Yorick. I... She
0: oh. has a very shitty lore in Runeterra. I don't wanna, I don't wanna say more or less, but I, if you are familiar, right? I don't, I don't believe Pilt, uh, Piltor and Zonites, Zonies or whatever you call them.
2: Would just, <laughs> Zonies, Well,
0: that's what they call them, right? I think yeah. Vi refers to them as Zonies or some shit like that. Nonetheless. I don't believe they're gonna just calmly watch a lady sing on the bridge of this Sonic and be fucking friends and be calm. That does not happen. Like sh- I'm sorry, how g- I don't care how good your voice is. A hundred years upon fucking hundred years rivalry does not just be like solved by one girl. I don't know with incredibly good voice just singing. Oh my god, if our politicians in our world had Seraphine.
1: how <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: If our world had Seraphine, our deeds would be. <laughs> so like that, just like Piltover's on. <laughs> fuck her. I'm <laughs> sorry.
1: <laughs> I think it's about time we stop recording at least. So, how the fuck do you okay, end Okay, but.
2: Thank me you for watching do. this video. Please like and subscribe, uh, Thank comments, you for watching share this with this friends.
0: Thank you for listening to us ramble about our shit. Sorry for getting angry. Love you all. Please listen again. I beg of you. That's the only I'm thing not, that makes me happy. I'm not sorry
2: for getting angry. I'm not sorry for getting <laughs>
0: <laughs> Please listen again. I beg I'm of ready. you.